Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Welcome. Amazing. The magic of technology. I mean, here we are in different continents, different time zones, different states of mind (laughs) together. (laughs) What time of day is it? Uh, I think it is almost, it has just turned 5 p.m. here in Cortina, Italy. Did you spend the day on the slopes? Did. Yep. Just got off. How was it? Epic. It's was so it? epic. Yeah. I mean, have you, have you ever been to Cortina? No, I've never skied in Europe. They uh, filmed Sylvester Stallone's epic cliffhanger here. Did you ever watch Cliffhanger? Totally. I saw it in the theater. I did too. And <laughs> I don't know why they said they filmed it. It was happening in Denver because it was here in Cortina. But it is also the uh, world's largest ski resort. Oh, wow. I had no idea. Yeah, the town is the town is quaint and cute and wonderful. But the amount of terrain here, I mean, I don't even know how many. Yeah, it's the world's largest. I don't know how many different yeah, lifts and or whatever. It's why it just spreads out everywhere over the Dolomites. Does it feel crowded? No, okay. it's like, yeah, there's not very many people here. I think probably covid Yeah. Uh, and then also it's so humongous. I mean, it is literally miles and miles and miles and miles and miles away from each, but you can like kind of, if you figure it out, you can ski in and out of different ones. And yeah, it's wild. Who's responsible for making this excellent decision for you guys? The wife, Cersei Wallace, it's her 50th birthday and this is what she wanted. So a European Cortina ski trip. And so she made it happen. For her she's, own birthday. She's smart. So it's her birthday and Christmas. It is. She is born on Christmas. Was she actually the 25th? Yep. She's a 25th. This is her birthday. I had no idea. Yep. A Christmas baby. That's incredible. 
So when did her parents have to consummate in order to have a kid on Christmas day? I don't, uh, it would be nine. What is nine months past December 25th? I guess we could count forward three would be the easiest, right? So it'd be Ooh, January, yeah. February, March, March 25th, March 25th. That's yep, we're going to call so it they, even nine months. So that's they, what I love about our parents is they just had sex randomly. This wasn't a, yeah. or maybe I guess it could have been their anniversary, but it wasn't a holiday. It wasn't a special occasion. They just happened to love each other. And that was it. Old I think time. that, uh, they were when I believe when they found out they were both very young, uh, but we're traveling in Greece. I think when they found out maybe that, uh, the wife was pregnant, I hate I hate using when they were pregnant. You know, he's not as doing much, as much work. You no, know, the woman is pregnant. The man is just there. Uh, yeah. And that's how I think he was reading her dad, who is an epic guy, uh, was reading Homer's Odyssey and they were traveling around Greece. And so that's why her name is Cersei. Got it. After the witch in Homer's Odyssey. She was destined for greatness. Yep. There's no two ways about it. Um, that's a phenomenal story. And uh, I, Turns out I was born nine months to the day after New Year's Eve. Oh, wow. <laughs> I know. Epic. Literally to the day, October what? 1st. Well, what were your folks doing that New Year's Eve? Um, well, yeah, they were making me apparently. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I think I, ver- I did verify this fact years later. Like somehow in high school, me and my friends were just talking about birthdays and all that stuff. And I figured it out. I did the math or one of my buddies did the math. And it was this wave of like dread that came over me like, oh man, I so don't need to know this information. And then years later, my mom confirmed it. So nine wow. months to the day. Great. A New Year's Eve baby, more Crazy. or less. Um, well, dude, we, we were talking last week. We weren't sure if we we're going to be able to pull off this show with you in Italy, but here we are a gift, a Christmas miracle. I tell you what, there is nothing we won't do for our beloved listeners. Anyone who listens to the show, I will go to the ends of the earth for just to repay them for listening. There you go. And uh, we'll keep it abbreviated. We don't need to do a deep dive, but there are some important details that we need to follow up on. The most pressing matter, this has been the most controversial subject on the show for a very long time. uh, And The saga continues this week. Hey, guys, it's Stone Cold Steve Austin, Stoney McGillicuddy here. Yeah, the guy who called about salad days. Yeah, guys, I fucked up. Wasn't the descendants. It was my regret. I knew that at the end, but I was so stoned. I dropped my phone. So I'm sorry. Thanks for the song. Get barrel. Don't do drugs. another epic one another that was kind of quiet so i hope that listeners could hear it but the caller who originally called in with salad days saying that it was the descendants calling back to apologize for getting it wrong because he was too stoned and that's why he dropped his phone at the end of the call i mean the best part is that uh we get a lot of facts wrong we do let's be honest get a lot of facts (laughs) wrong uh and most of them go unpunished for this audience, getting a punk revival thing wrong, like if I said an Offspring song or attribute an Offspring song, say, to Pennywise or whatever, that's what's going to get the most vitriol. 
totally of anything totally. i could i could misname a country i can misquote a famous person but man you blow it on the soundtrack of our young lives boom heads roll well the guy should have started off the call with i'm no punk expert or i'm no punk enthusiast <laughs> and then all would be forgiven <laughs> but what's funny is um i was thinking his his voice sounds almost like he's acting. So I bet this is some random listener calling in to play the part of the original caller just to like, and then so, but when you call in, it leaves your phone number. So I went back and looked at the original call and it's the exact same phone number. It's the same exact dude. This guy right here has a future. <laughs> I mean, he's living his future probably already, but yeah, good luck. Well, I'm a fan. He did say thanks for the song. So I appreciated that because I worried that he would feel like we were making fun of him. And uh, I wanted, I'm glad that he's in on the joke. If somebody made a song of you, would you, even if they were making fun, wouldn't you be totally honored? I would. Yeah. But some people are sensitive. The amount of work that goes into making a song though, is like serious work. Yeah. Thanks. It's my first one. Yeah. Um, great. Uh, so one final follow-up, we'll put salad days to bed. The original question was about the etymology. And yes. so, of course, Wikipedia has the answers. And this is what they had to say. They said the phrase first appeared in print in Shakespeare's Anthony and Cleopatra in 1606 in the speech at the end of Act One, in which Cleopatra is regretting her youthful dalliances with Julius Caesar. She says, my salad days when I was green in judgment, cold in blood to say as I said it then. The phrase became popular only from the middle of the 19th century, coming to mean a period of youthful inexperience or indiscretion. The metaphor comes from Cleopatra's use of the word green, presuming, presumably meaning someone youthful, inexperienced, or immature. Her references to green and cold both suggest qualities of salads. Where did you first hear Salad Days? I think that Minor Threat song. Oh, really? Yeah. Mine was uh, the classic Nick Cage film, Raising Arizona. Wow. Oh, you're right. I do remember from that as well. It's in the, um, is it in the narration? Yeah, in the narration at the yeah. start. These were our salad days. And yeah. Me and High, or me and, what was his, uh, why, the, what was her name in there? She had a good name. High. Uh, and yeah, I forget. Dang. I can't believe I forgot what her name was because it's a great name. But anyway, yeah, that's the first time I'd ever heard Salad Days. And I thought that these were our Salad Days was like sort of the end because they were all, yeah, but they right. were using it semi-ironically there. Ed, her name's Ed. Ed, yeah, hi and Ed. Yeah. <laughs> um, phenomenal film. So good. Yep. I watch it probably every five years. I come across it and I rewatch it from beginning to end and it's epic. Um, that reminds me of uh, Strider continually misusing swan song. Yeah. <laughs> Which we could do a deep dive into swan song because I'm sure there's probably a punk song that's named that as well. For sure. We get Actually, a whole second, second round. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll save that. A um, couple of questions on Italy before we discuss the one topic this week, which is pipeline, the, the one surf related topic. Um, have you eaten any pizza crust yet? No. Funny, I just had I had pizza last night. Uh, it was a fine, uh, it was a epic pizza place here, and I opted for the Neapolitan pizza. I do believe, which was uh, 
anchovies and capers. Nice. Ate all those anchovies, ate all those capers, all that cheese. Left the crust in a tiny little pile in the middle of my tray. Did smarter people around you eat it, devour nope. it? No. Nope. Thankfully, everyone was too busy with their own stuff. Right? But I honestly did look at it and thought, screw all you. Should have posted There's... a photo. <laughs> I should have. What, I've been off Instagram for, I don't know, probably a month or two now, but I've been screenshotting things that I want to post to Instagram. So once I get back on, I'm just going to spend a full day and post like 30 things at once. People have sent me images of their pizza, the remains of the pizza. It's like the bones around the exterior, the entire middle part's gone, but the bones of the crust remain. That's me. That is yeah. me. Um, best meal that you've had so far in Italy. Oh my goodness. We had a uh, oddly good. Thanks for asking. Uh, first time in my life had a pigeon. Oh yeah. Two squab. Have you ever had a pigeon? Yeah. It's, it was so, so on, good on menus. It's labeled as squab usually here. He is there. It is straight up pigeon and accompanying it was pigeon foie gras, uh, which was the, I mean, it was, absolute an epic meal altogether but that one yeah it really sent it how could you fatten up a pigeon so much that its liver would become a portion of the meal well i imagine tasting the meat from this pigeon that this pigeon was born and fattened up and fattened up and then slaughtered and his meat was tender for her and her liver was just delicate um what was the preparation uh it was like there was a pigeon breast, two pigeon legs, and then the uh, foie gras on the side of the plate with two like peppered crackers making sort of a tent over it. Interesting. Yeah. It wasn't just a whole thing. Yeah. Delicious. Uh, two things that you and I should just get together to eat because I can't find anybody else to eat them with me. Foie gras would be one. And then anchovies would be the other. I mean, I... Said it once, said it again. Anchovies, my favorite food on the face of this earth. I oh, would I eat know anything. Oh, anchovies is number one for me. I love anchovies, I think, more than anything else. There is and- a there is a bit on Curb Your Enthusiasm this season about anchovies. Like everybody. Negative? No, yeah, negative. He ordered a Caesar salad at a restaurant and they're like, oh, are anchovies okay? And he goes, yeah, of course. And then the waiter leaves the table and his agent and Vince Vaughn, who's like his neighbor now, are just like, what are you, you're going to eat the anchovies? Nobody eats the anchovies. And so. That's crazy talk. That is crazy talk. I like, if I order a Caesar at a proper restaurant, I will ask for extra anchovies. Yeah, totally. The anchovies are the equivalent of salt for a lot of other dishes, you know? I mean, a nice, salty, briny anchovy, nothing can beat it. Yeah. Do you ever use fish sauce in Asian cooking? Of course. Love it. It's, it's made out of anchovies. Is it? Yeah. That's why I love it. Now yeah. it all makes sense. Yeah. Fish sauce is my number one favorite. And now it all makes sense. Fish sauce. You can add, you add it. I added it to turkey gravy this year uh, at Thanksgiving just to add like savory umami character. It was phenomenal. Oh. Well, okay. let's, go on a, let's go on a dining tour together. I agree, but it's just foie gras and anchovies. We're going to be so sick by the end of it. Okay. Um, Final follow-up questions. Uh, The ballet images were hilarious. Oh, did you see? (laughs) I did. Incredible. They were blurry. They were blurry, but I could still get a good laugh. 
that was just uh yeah you weren't allowed to apparently uh take photos from the theater itself oh, they asked okay. you to keep keep your photographic devices down so wait till the real photographs come out okay sweet how how did it yeah. go? oh i mean it is the most strainful thanks to whoop for measuring my strain uh it was wild but it was so much fun good did you There's, embarrass yourself no i don't think so the weird thing is i realized uh so there was four performances over three days, right? Friday night was the um, premiere and then Saturday matinee, Saturday evening show, and then Sunday matinee. And then everyone, I raced the airport straight. Like I dropped my mother ginger dress in a pile in the backstage and her and I were out the door. Like we were ghosts. Like we had wow. never been there to make the flight to Italy, but um, being on stage, like I, I don't have any stage fright because I don't, but also I think the years of beach grit have damaged my uh, ability or I just can't, like, I care nothing for uh, any kind of praise. Right. And so I'm just out there doing my thing and people clap, people don't clap, whatever. Like I'm hitting my steps. I'm doing what I'm doing. Where caring what the audience thinks. Like I had as much fun doing it in dress rehearsals as I did on stage, but I, I, think you need that love of the audience applause in order to really take it to the next level. Like you have to have some desire for that in order to, to yeah, go beyond, which I don't yeah. know. Some yeah. dance career is That's an interesting point. I've not spent any time on stage, so I cannot relate at all. And I have no desire to either. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, like, I, I think, but I do think, you know, you need, you feed off that energy from the audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think you're supposed to. And I was like, just doing my thing. Um, from what I could see from the images, it was after the show. And so I think that your make, your costume had come off, but your makeup just looked like you were like, like, uh, I don't know, um, like you're a high school girl who's like learning how to apply makeup and your boyfriend had recently broken up with you. So you had cried through a lot of it. It was just like streaked down your face. Your hair was all tousled, you know, it was hilarious looking. I mean, it was a real, yeah, there's an actual picture from the show now up on uh, Beach Grit just posted oh, okay. moments ago. Okay. Uh, but yeah, it, it was a wild, wild mess, but so fun, like ridiculously fun. Are you going to continue your ballet career? I wouldn't have, except Hemingway, who's sitting right here. Hemi. Oh, I see her. Is she oh, man. She, she, is, she, is, she is skied out uh, or snowboarded out. Yeah. Told me you should do it next year, too. So I might have one more year in me. Okay, good. A lot of time to practice. Yep. Um, moving on to surfing. Did you watch any of the Pipeline event, the HIC Pipe Pro? I heard, uh, no, I did not watch it and heard that it was just weird angles from the channel via who was shooting it. Um, it looked like Beelman. Yeah. From, like, but it was on the WSL's live Instagram feed. So I'm sure a lot of listeners are already aware of this. This was a QS 1000 event. So it wasn't the championship tour event. It wasn't even a challenger series event. It was a QS event in the lowest ranked QS event, the 1000 series. So they did not live stream it. So they're holding a pipeline event 
John John Florence is in the event, a bunch of big names are in the event, and they were not live streaming it. So it became a scramble for us, all the potential viewers, to try to find how we can watch this. So some people were pulling up the Surfline cam, which is just a stagnant angle from wide. But there was a number of professional surfers who were streaming it to YouTube or to um, Instagram live. And then I think the WSL figured out they were getting a ton of flack because they would post a video clip on Instagram of somebody getting a 10 point ride. And all of the comments are like, what the hell? Like, how are we not? Yeah. Where they even said they sent out a push button notification. Again, one of the screenshots I have saying uh, day one of competition is starting now. Watch live on our website. You click over. There's no stream. No, they have live scoring. So you can watch the scores get updated in real time, but there was no stream. So finally, after two or three days, they gave the feed, their Instagram feed to a surf photographer who was sitting in the channel. And I think it was Brent Beelman. And um, so he was kind of shooting waves, but you know, he's bobbing around. He's trying to shoot photos as well. Then he turned to selfie mode and talked to his buddy. So it wasn't a professional stream it wasn't common he wasn't giving any professional commentary but you might hopefully catch a glimpse of somebody getting tubed i mean it's insane to me that whatever i don't care about the designation right the qs 1000 sure if you're holding an event at pipeline and you are the world surf league doesn't matter if it's like a master's event or anything yeah stinking people want to watch that right especially if you have john john florence i mean john john one right yep yeah, you have John John Florence in and winning a thing. Doesn't matter if it's worth no points and whatever. Like, good pipeline, people want to watch. And if you don't know that, if you're <laughs> World Surf League, and don't know that, yeah, like, I don't know what they're collecting. Uh, for sure, like, putting a full production on that is expensive, and they probably can't sell. It's not like they sell ads against their other stuff. But stinking, at least figure out a way to stream it better. Do better, WSO. Well, It's indicative of what we've been talking about for the last two years, which is I think that they've lost the plot. Like I think that the powers that be at the WSL misunderstand surfing so drastically that they're putting a wave pool on tour. They're giving us the ultimate surfer. They think that's what people want and they don't even understand the value of pipeline. So I think that they, so there's two things. They either specifically don't understand the value of pipeline or they are trying to devalue pipeline to drive the stock down so that they can come back in and buy it at a reduced rate. Because remember um, they were making all these special rules and accommodations for Hawaiian surfers to surf in the pipe masters that they weren't making for QS or, you know, non QS surfers around the world trialist, essentially wild cards. They knew in Hawaii, we have to abide by these separate rules because the Hawaiians kind of force us to. This almost looks like a strategic move where they're trying to devalue pipeline first by removing it as the jewel of the triple crown. It's no longer part of the triple crown or no, firstly, by actually, yeah, taking it away from the end of the season. So not making it the Super Bowl anymore, not making it the Super Bowl. So it's like, you know what? Screw pipe. We're taking you out of the back. Or as the final event, the most important event of the season, you're now going in the front, removing it as the jewel of the Triple Crown. They lost the name Pipe Masters. You know what I mean? It's it, like, I mean, the to me though, if I if the World Surf League was strategic in any way, I would give it more credit. 
I think they, the, the lack of understanding for what it even means, what pipeline means and exactly. all that. That's right? what it is. They're, yeah. They're just accidentally stumbling around and devaluing one of the most valuable properties they have. I'd reckon there's what, I mean, pipeline has got to be the most valuable property they have besides the way cool tech. Right. I would, no yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it doesn't even compare to the, the wave pool tech has no value. They're trying to manufacture value for it, but no pipe is it. And like, so bells would be maybe a second place, right. Of an iconic surf event that, that sort of sells itself and not to the average surfer. I don't think watching bells, but I think that bells has this cachet and whatnot, right. Like it is a sure. iconic event. So pipe and bells. And so if you're not, if pipe is not, basically what you're all about for a minute and removing it from December, but okay, great. You still have an event there in December. So sort of treat it the same in terms of, you know, how you broadcast it, how you stream it, how you, how you treat it, how you talk about it. Like this is, a, you know, cause you're for sure going to get all the best guys in there. Like yeah. nobody doesn't want to surf pipe. Well, when you're doing an event at Rotnest, you have to build the story for everybody. If you're doing an event, at a lot of places in the world, you have to build all of this story. Pipe, it's all built in. All you have to do is turn the cameras on and you'll get viewers from around the world. People in middle America know what pipeline is. People who have never surfed before know what pipeline is. And so it makes no sense to, it's crazy that they misunderstand the value of it. This is, it's what almost are, not even worth getting offended because we already know that they've misunderstood it all they misunderstand the point of surfing for the last two years, you know? Sure. And so how are all, all of a sudden they're going to do something right with pipe. Totally. I just, uh, how much is it like, I mean, talking about it, you know, it can't be that crazy expensive for this day and age with technology, what it is to have like a couple angles. You don't need to have the desk and Ron, or I guess Ronnie Blake ain't calling it Joe Turpel. They're calling it. You don't have to have anyone calling it. Right. If they would show, if they would have like three good angles, uh, a couple editors flicking through, what they're going to show and just let it run. Don't even so, show anything or say I, anything. I mean, that's, that's one way to do it. You could do a half-assed version. What I would suggest is if uh, WSL actually knows their bread and butter, which is pipeline, then no matter who sponsors the event, they have to come up with that amount of money. This is the HIC pipeline pro HIC. We need this amount of money to run the live stream. There's no point in doing this event without the live stream. And so this is factored in, or if the sponsors can't cover it, the WSL has to have that built into their operational budget just to stream pipeline, because there's no point in doing anything if you're not streaming pipeline. I mean, that's the real dang pipeline ain't a QS in Brazil, like something yeah. that nobody wants to watch. People want to watch it. And the waves were good. And they're one of their iconic stars on tour. John, John Florence won the event with his brother in the final with him, Ivan Florence and John John surfed in three heats together throughout the event. In the final, Ivan got a 10-point ride right in front of John John. This is all like Disney-esque storytelling and building that they're just not documenting. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, we didn't Completely know. crazy. But they just they literally don't know. They don't know. So a buddy of mine DM'd and he said, does this mean that competitive surfing has absolutely zero, zero value at this point? If you can't even find somebody to sponsor an event at, at your main venue to fund it, to stream it, this, this just have very little value. 
And he said it's the equivalent of Lewis Hamilton and some of his racing buddies outside of F1 just having a blast going and, you know, uh, holding an event and nobody sponsoring it and willing to stream it. I mean, this, I just think that the, there would have been, I, I mean, I have no idea what the business model is or what it is like behind the wall of positive noise, but I have to think that if World Circle didn't even try to sell it, they weren't out there trying to say, hey, we got this thing, you know, does GoPro, uh, I don't know if GoPro has any money, but, but does Red Bull, does Monster, does somebody with money want to come and have the broadcasting rights to this thing? I don't think they're out even, even asking. No, I don't think so either. So I think if they well, don't because ask, like someone's going to come to them and say, Hey, cause if somebody goes to them and says, Hey, we want to sponsor this, then the Debbie said, will say, okay, great. Yeah. For $5 million, you can have this. You can, yeah. you can broadcast it. And that's the problem. They're not asking because they're focused on doing reality shows and a bunch of other stuff, you know, that Dang. missing, missing the entire kind of reason for being, it'd be the, uh, the UFC eliminating knockouts from, the list of things that you can do you know shame on uwsl once again i know they were off the shame list for quite a while but cole in your stocking back um show so let's keep it abbreviated just because you're on vacation let's go to commercial we'll come back with a holiday round of barrel or not do it Uh, Chas Smith, we are funded and fueled by AG1. You know what is a necessary component of my holiday season? Vodka. And? Pumpkin pie. And? What else? Athletic Greens. Oh, 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 yeah, that's right, that's right. <laughs> At- the, like the, the sort of sloth of the holidays yep. that catches up, I think. You know, you're just totally sitting does. around, you're eating, you're being lame. Powering an athletic greens in the morning, morning and AG1 first thing gives me motivation to go out and do something with all those vitamins and minerals that I just put into myself. Well, because not only is it good for your diet and your health, it stimulates your brain activity. Oh, that's it why. It gets your neurons firing. That's why. It truly is. I'm ready to go. So you sleep better, your brain is more efficient th- throughout the day, and then your body is obviously processing the fuel. I make better decisions when I wake up and drink an AG1. Undoubtedly. So I told you it clumps up at the bottom. No matter how much shaking, cannot get those clumps to break. I'm wasting health right there. That is my health going to waste. Do you want to know? I hate to say it because the bottle is so beautiful, but maybe they could make what I do at home. What I do at home now is I put it in a ball jar, a glass ball jar. Mason jar. Mason jar. Ball. The brand is ball. Yeah. Yeah. Mason jar. I just wanted to clarify oh, for listeners who sorry. don't know the brand name. <laughs> it is a ball jar, but the a type mason, of jar a is mason basically. jar. Yeah. And have never once had a clump. I think the plastic has something to do with the clump. Maybe. And also the fact that it was sitting there unshaken for a bit. Maybe, maybe it hardened. Yeah. At any rate, I will um drink ninety-nine percent of it. I'll miss out that one percent of health, but I'll drink the rest of it. But athleticgreens.com slash surf is our portal. Uh join the Wallace Smith family, join the Scales family, reclaim your health, arm your immunity. Uh, it's convenient. It's daily nutrition. Headed into f- cold and flu season. Gift one oh my over Christmas to somebody who needs optimum health. Great idea. If you've benefited from optimum health with AG1, give the gift of health. Athleticgreens.com slash surf. You will get a one-year free supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs. 
Do not forget to put the slash surf in there. Definitely do not. Can you imagine Oof. lost support? Oof. Yeah. Athleticgreens.com slash surf. Chaz, today's episode is brought to you by Whoop, the digital personal fitness tracker and health coach. 4.0, David Lee. There to the 4.0. So how is your experience? I know you've been training jujitsu. You've been tracking your surfing for well over a month now, maybe two months. What's, how's your experience been? It has changed my life and I ain't kidding. Like the, I was, I realized how much of a blob I was before (laughs) whoop whipped me, whipped me every morning. Uh, And so now I honestly wake up uh, and try to get, or purpose to get my whoop first it was just try to get it above 10 on the strain scale. So they, yeah, the loop thing measures strain recovery and sleep. Uh, I've been mostly interested in my strain getting up above 10. It's on a scale of 21. And now I'm going to try to start hitting for like 14s, 15s. That's where I am. I'm a healthy Epic. man. I'm a fitter man surfing better. I run now, David Lee, I go Crazy. jog. I thought for a second that I was going to be able to break a four minute mile. That's how, what? yeah, that's how whoop hyped me up uh and i just gave it a real go today i've been like running every day and thought okay run for a month now it's time for me to break the four minute mile uh i ran as fast as i could for a mile and i hit like a seven minute mile so i gotta shave three minutes there but i feel with whoop i can do it it's a long three minutes my friend (laughs) um you know who else is a really avid he's like a marathoner i think he's done one or two marathons is cj oh is he He's a major runner. Love it, Siege. I wonder if Siege must whoop them. Yeah, and talk to him about shoes, too, if you need advice on shoes. Oh, I totally so, so Whoop, um, they make the today's show possible. You can monitor, as Chaz says, your recovery, your sleep, your training, your health, and personal get personalized recommendations and coaching feedback with Whoop. It comes as a strap on your wrist. They have the new 4.0 version, which is sleeker, slimmer. It offers more feedback. And again, there's no notifications. There's no screen on it. It all it sends all of that information to an app on your phone that you can get all of that information from, and then you can share it with your coach, physician, personal trainer, anybody. So what is what has fatherhood done to your whoop strain? The strain is way down and actually sleeping is very interrupted as well. So I'm going to say that my current whoop um, data is not reflective of my actual overall health, but it is what it is. It's situational, Chaz. Yep, situational. Um, But whoop.com is where you go. You enter the promo code SURF and you'll save 15% at checkout. And you'll also get the 4.0 strap for completely free. Amazing deal, and it will change your life too. Whoop.com. Whoop.com, promo code SURF. When you're hiring for a small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role, and there's no faster or effective way than through LinkedIn jobs. Your time and capital are precious, and there is a powerful resource that can help you focus on what you're good at and integrate people into your team seamlessly to help grow your business. LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to find the right professionals for your team efficiently and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. 
Everyone is already on LinkedIn with their resumes and references, and now LinkedIn has designed a hiring platform to connect you with candidates specifically qualified for the job that you post about. More than a billion professionals meticulously organized to connect people by skill set to help us all advance our position. 2.5 million businesses already use LinkedIn for hiring, and 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's that fast, easy to use, and effective. LinkedIn Jobs can help you write job descriptions, filter the right person to you, and give you the tools to help you interview them like a pro. LinkedInJobs.com surf is where you go to post your job for free. Yes, totally free. That's linkedinjobs.com slash surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, we're back. Um, what are you guys doing for your holiday meal? Uh, I think there is tonight is fondue uh, somewhere up mountain. Got to figure out how to get there. Um, and then tomorrow, I think I can't remember. And then, yeah, I can't, there is a reservation for, for the Christmas slash Cersei birthday dinner. So you're not cooking. No, no cooking. Got it. Why cook when you're in Italy? True. Um, when do you come home? Uh, the 6th of January. Holy cow, man. I'm so jealous. Yeah, well, won't be in Cortina the whole time. Heading to uh, Venice after this for a couple days, and then, yeah, some of the kids fly home. The two other kids fly home, and it's just me, Cersei, and Hemingway for another, yeah, I think seven days or something. And I haven't picked a place yet of where we want to go. Are you um, doing New Year's Eve in Venice? Uh, yes. Spectacular. Yeah, New Year's Eve in Venice incredible <laughs> let's try to record next week yeah for sure i'll be okay, here cool all right so barrel or not holiday edition <clears throat> fruitcake you know oddly i know i've had fruitcake before fruitcake before but have never had enough to have any kind of opinion about it like i know that people don't like it and that it became this joke of something that was gross and unfortunate to give and last forever and it's hard and blah 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 but a it's more bread than cake right each uh, different countries have different versions yes it's well no i don't so like panettone in italy is more bready it's not dense sure. the one that we have in america i feel like is, is like a, a brick i feel that it's gone so out of style though the fact that i i mean for sure i've had it but the fact that I have no real opinion, all I know is it of it as a, a Christmas trope that I've never given nor gotten and maybe ate it at somebody else's house at one point, but can't even really remember. So I've, I have to go, I have to go barrel 
on, I don't know how fruitcake can't be rehabbed. I um, think the fact that you can't remember having had one means it's no barrel. Like you would, if it, you remember what a cinnamon roll tastes like, cause it's amazing or a donut, you know? For sure. But I, but I could also see though, I know fruitcake as a concept. I just don't know it as a taste. Something that already has market share as a concept. Some chef should just come in and make the new fruitcake. That's just like the dude who did the cronut, right? I mean, yeah. nobody was anti-croissant or donut, but some dude combined them and the cronut had lines around the block in New York City when that came out. If somebody, some chef decided to do the next level to rehab fruitcake, getting market share is hard yards. I know what fruitcake is. I, it's not like you say fruitcake barrel or not. And I say, what is fruitcake, right? Yeah. Everyone knows what fruitcake is, has the market share. Somebody just needs to do a good one that's memorable. Well, it boggles my mind that people even try to do it every year, like with such a bad rap. Like if you said, hey, my aunt, my grandma has the best fruitcake recipe. I've already got my arms of resistance up. Like, nope, I'm not interested. You have to prove it to me, but I'm not even going to take a bite because I'm so anti. That's how bad of a wrap fruit fruitcake has. So even if you came up with the world's best fruitcake, it's an uphill battle. But market share still. Yeah. It's got market share. It's got recognition. It's got market exactly. recognition. Market so recognition what, is worth, worth something. For the holidays, the, we got ugly sweaters. The ugly sweater thing is stupid AF. Uh, the you got eggnog. Eggnog, exactly. There's like, you got Christmas trees, the nutcracker, eggnog, ugly sweaters. Candy canes. Candy canes. Like there's not that much that has is recognizably Christmas and fruitcake is one of them just needs to be rehabbed. I'm going barrel on the rehab. Okay. The reason I'm anti-fruitcake is I have encountered it. I do remember it. It's the dried fruit. It's either they put two types of fruit in it or uh, one or the other, I think. Dried fruit or like candied fruit, which mm -hmm. is even worse. And it's like, I don't want either of those in the cake. I'm okay with a piece of like a dried apricot as part of a trail mix or something like that. But I don't want it in bread, like a dense... Uh, brick of bread. Disgusting. I'm going to go. The fact that our listening audience is so diverse. I feel there is a proper baker out there who can do the grit fruitcake for next year. Okay. Such a great fruitcake that that will be our business and we will cease to need to even to podcast anymore. We'll just send grit fruitcakes out. We're going to get poisoned by a listener next year for sure. That's okay. It's worth it. Um, I remember I was telling you about that Trader Joe's experience where that guy made me stand in line. Was he buying fruitcake? No, but while I was standing there, I looked over and on the little uh, end cap, there was German. Germany has a, a version called Stolen. Mm. And so I grabbed a, Yeah, I was like, I because I had this exact thought. I'm like, everybody talks about fruitcake. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of curious. I've had panettone. Don't like panettone. Here's stolen. Let me give stolen a try. I took one bite of it, threw the rest of it away. Disgusting. Yeah. It's, it's, it's going to take one of our listeners. It needs to be light. And it needs, they should do a uh, crow fruitcake, just like the cronut, where you just combine a croissant into fruitcake. You stick some candied, candied fruit into a croissant and call it a fruitcake. You're on the right track. Combining a croissant with anything, you're on the right track. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Barrel or not, 
ditching the extended family to go on vacation for Christmas. Ditching the extended. Sure. So like my parents want to see me, Lauren's parents want to see us. What if we just are like, nah, Fiji is calling. We're out of here. It's complete barrel. There's this place called Cortina, Italy. Come on over. That's why I'm asking you. Yeah. Of course. Is your your family pissed? No. Oh, of course not. Yeah. I mean, maybe. I don't know. I've never actually stopped to consider whether they would be or not. I don't think so. Like Christmas to me is always you do fun stuff like which and sometimes that includes your family and sometimes it doesn't. Like Christmas to me is not a mandatory get together with your extended family or yeah, with your family. See, it always has been for me. I've always felt Christmas. There's an anchor in Southern California. And then when you said you're going to Italy, I was like, wait, is there another way of life? I'd never considered. Now that you have a kid too, here's the thing. You and Lauren and young Wolfgang can go make your own Christmas traditions. Like yeah. it, you don't have to anchor him with this, this idea that, okay, Christmas is always a, you have to be family's wonderful sometimes. And it's super fun when it's fun. Right. But if it's this mandatory obligatory thing, no, you three should go next Christmas on some fabulous holiday. Okay. Cortina, here we come. Yeah, do it. I'm highly recommended. The re- the other reason I thought about it was <clears throat> it seems like the best time of year to go to like a vacation destination. Obviously, airports are going to be crowded. But if you once you're past that, if you're going somewhere that would normally be packed, it's not going to be packed on Christmas. You can really, the thing is, some are, some aren't. Like people go, especially in Europe, I feel religiously to where they go, when they go there. And so I think Cortina gets slammed beyond Christmas. Uh, it is empty now, right? right? And so I've been looking at the hotels and whatnot. It feels like uh, Florence, Italy, for example, is not a New Year's destination, apparently. It's plenty of hotels, great. So maybe we'll go there, right? Like, so I'm just playing angles here on people go where they go, but that means they're not going somewhere else. And so where are they not going? Right. Got it. Okay. I'm putting together a plan. Uh, All right. Final barrel or not telling your kids the truth about Santa. I have to decline. Got it. (laughs) I should I retract the question? The truth That's about a, him not being able to get down. Obviously, not everybody has chimneys. So, well, this is the thing. The truth, like, it really does frustrate frustrate me when people talk about the truth about Santa, like he's not real, right? Like that is a giant bummer well, to me. Because how is he? Not everybody has a chimney, so how does he possibly going to get into every house? Santa's way smart, right? And then, like, so then people who make, like, put these objections onto Santa, like, how can he fly? How can he get here? How can he get, if there's no chimney, if there's no tree, what do we do? Like, are you kidding me? Santa is, like, the smartest dude ever who is making all these toys and delivering them on time. No problem. Santa figures problems out. And so Santa will figure any problem out. Here's the other problem with the truth is he's clearly overweight. How does he make it to every house on the planet? These questions are just asinine when asking, when asking them of Santa, world's greatest man. He does everything with weight. He doesn't care. He has his whoop strap on. It's telling him <laughs> that, that his strain is fine and all of it's good. So then one final question. 
is is there a list of um is it his children who keep taking over his role and we are just unaware or does he just never age and never die have you ever met laird hamilton or seen laird hamilton laird hamilton gets into ice water regularly has not aged a day santa lives in the north pole where there is lots of ice water doesn't age a day like wow. that's the fountain ice. of youth it all comes down to the Laird Hamilton ice bath. It's not even the fountain of youth because he's not young. It's the fountain of old age, but you just never actually age older than that old age. It is the fountain of stasis. Fountain of stasis. Now that you come, now that I think about it, I have noticed like a yellowing on Santa's mustache and beard. That's Laird's turmeric creamer that he's been drinking. Exactly what it is. Santa Man. is on Laird's. Santa is, and maybe, maybe Santa gifted Laird the program back in the day. Like Laird, you pretty much got it all, right? You got Gabby Reese. You, you're got your, oh my gosh, wave at Chopu. I got nothing for you except turmeric and ice baths. Yeah. And then Laird took that and made another just empire out of both of them. The gift of Thanks, stasis. Santa. Yep. The gift of stasis. Wow. Okay. Uh, telling your kids the truth about Santa is barrel then because you have, you answered all the questions. Yep. That's it. Total barrel. Santa's real. Santa's real. Total, total barrel. It wasn't a question about that. It was just, how does he accomplish all of his things? Yeah. Easy. Laird Hamilton, Laird Hamilton products. Incredible. Incredible. All right. For, for any of the youthful listeners, uh, they'll appreciate that assessment of the holidays and uh chaz enjoy the rest of italy um ignore catch you from ignore catch you from our next two weeks i'll catch it i'll catch you from our next stop maybe it'll be florence maybe who knows where it'll be i'll be there pick it based on wi-fi reception yep don't you worry got a good one here yeah you do all right man merry christmas to you too david lee scales and to your family as well and to all the listeners Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. Until next week. Get barrel. Have yourself a merry, merry Christmas. Have yourself a good time. But remember the kids who got nothing while you're drinking down your wine. Please hand it over, we'll beat you up, so don't make it sick.